it's going to, there's going to be a crescendo. It's going to build up. So it's going to increase. Uh, uh, the anointing is going to continue to increase. And by the time we, we are over here, you know, it's going to be awesome. So very quickly now, um, I want to say we have a resource table in the back. Uh, one of the things that we have in our ministry is called the Bridge of Hope, uh, Humanitarian Social Outreach. Been to now, I've flown over 3 million miles, been to over 123 countries. Going around the world just preaching the gospel, we find out that it was wonderful, but a lot of people also needed help. So we started programs where we have orphanages that we support. We're building a school in Senegal right now and all kinds of things, building water well and all kinds of things you saw in the video. So anything you buy on my table, you consider it. Only you're going to get everything, everything that you get from me is going to be substantial, full of revelation, but you have to consider it as a donation to mission because we don't take any of the cells that comes in. It's just, it goes straight to our bridge of hope. This is a great book of miracles. Very quickly, keys to receiving your miracles. If you love miracles, you know, this book is, is good for you. This is a great book on transition. You're coming into a new season. I can't talk too much about it because I don't want to eat for my time. But this is one of the best sellers in our ministry. The message of transition, you will always be in some kind of transition from the time you're born to the time you die. And then we have these MP3, MP4. What is it? So this one is called School of the Spirit. So in some of these things, you have like 8, 10, 12, sometimes 15 messages that are on a USB stick where you charge your, your, uh, your phone in your car. You can put it in there and you have all the messages or you can put it on the side of your computer, download them into your phone. Some people do that. And when you work out, you can listen to messages and so forth. MP4, is, those are videos. You know, if you, if you don't like to listen and you like to watch and, and so forth and so forth. So all of that is there on the table. And I thank God for all those wonderful women of God that are helping me, you know, <laughs> set this up and, and, and take care of my table. All right. Having said all of this, let's go to the word of God today. There's going to be a lot of scriptures, but I'm just going to read just so that we can get going. Um, let's, let's go to 2 Corinthians um, chapter 2. Now, 1 Corinthians, yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verse 12. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, a door was opened to me by the Lord. 1 Corinthians uh, 16 and 9. For a, gr a great and effective door. Somebody say a great and effective. A great and effective door has opened to me and there are many adversaries. So we're going to stop there, here just for now. I want you to stand up one more time. Everybody stand up. Please raise, if you can, I want you to raise both of your hands towards heaven. Millions of people have prayed this prayer around the world. This is just the way I start, always start my meetings. Or the Lord's meeting, the way he had me minister. Say this with me. Say, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come before you. I boldly declare that I believe in the supernatural. 
I believe in miracles. This morning, Lord, I ask you to give me eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to receive, a will to obey, and faith to act. In the name of Jesus Christ, I take my position in Christ, and I take authority over every spirit that does not confess the name of Jesus. I command them to leave this place, and I declare that this place is an open heaven. The Spirit of God is free to move. The angels of God are sending and descending. They are going to and fro to execute the commands of God's word. Preach, Holy Spirit. Teach, Holy Spirit. Prophesy, Holy Spirit. Heal the sick, God. Do what only you can do. And take all the glory. In the matchless name of Jesus. Can you burn with a shout and say amen? All right. If you can just give me a little bit more microphone on my, on my monitor, I will appreciate there. Um, so Charles Finney, the famous, you may be seated, please. Uh, Charles Finney, the, the famous revivalist, he said something. He said, there will be no revival if Mr. Amen, if Mr. Wet Eye are not present in the meeting. So I took that from him, and I said, there will be no revival if Mr. Amen, if Mr. Hallelujah, or Mrs. Glory are not present in the meeting. So I wonder if Mr. Amen show up this morning. I wonder if, Master, if Mr. Hallelujah is here this morning. I wonder if Mrs. Glory is here this morning. You see, some people come to church to speculate. Some people come to church to pontificate. Some people come to church to spectate. But God is looking for someone that will come in to participate. Can you say amen with fire? Hallelujah. So when you walk with God, one of the things that you must master is the ability to be sensitive in the spirit. Hello? Sensitivity in the spirit, it's spiritual gold. It is gold. Uh, so you must know how to respond to the impulses of the spirit. Sometimes being anointed is not enough. Hello? Because the administration of the anointing is sensitivity dependent. I wonder if Mr. Amen has left the building. So you will lose out on many prophetic things that God intends to do simply because we don't have the eyes to see or the ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. It's very important to understand the prophetic dimension of our walk with God. Ezra 6.14, so the elders of the Jews build and they prosper. Somebody say they build and they prosper through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo. So they build and they prosper through the prophesying. Now it was prophecy was not the only thing that they did. They did other things. 
but they have the prophetic advantage. This is what I call the prophetic advantage. That's something supernatural that came from the utterance of the Spirit that put an impetus that helped them get over the hump, whatever they were doing. They build and they prosper through the administration of the prophetic. Hosea chapter 12, verse 13. Listen, I'm building my case like a lawyer. I'm going somewhere with this. Hosea chapter 13, 12, verse 13. By a prophet. Somebody say, by a prophet. Say, by a prophet. By a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet, he was preserved. Now, the prophet did not save Israel. The prophet did not preserve Israel. But God used the prophetic to deliver Israel. This is what I'm, I'm calling the prophetic advantage. Somebody say the prophetic advantage. Somebody say, I have the prophetic advantage. Second Chronicles 20 verse 20. So they rose early in the morning. Actually, the second part very quickly. Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophet and you will prosper. So God ties your prosperity to a prophetic dimension. I want you to realize that prophecy is a force. Somebody say a force. It's a spiritual force that programs possibilities in your life. And the prophetic has two dimensions. The first dimension, not, by, not necessarily by order, but the, the prophetic is, has a revelatory dimension. In other words, it reveals something. Hello? It brings revelation about something that God is saying. What God wants to show you. So the first dimension of the prophetic is, 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 is to reveal the second mention of the prophetic is to create. Hello? Prophetic words don't only reveal, but they create. They make what is not there to be there. According to Romans 4.17, we call those things that be not. Hello? So in other words, in this particular dimension, we can call the favor that be not and make it appear. We can call the lifting that be not and make it appear. All right? So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, all right, it says, um, All grace abound towards you that ye always have insufficiency. And Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. He said, Yet I labor more than you all. So there were two dimensions in his success. There was a grace, but he also did certain things in the natural. But it was that grace, that, that, that power beyond his own ability. So all grace abound towards you that ye always having sufficiency. Sufficiency means, sufficiency means the capacity to always rise to the occasion and never disappointing. All right? Very important. Uh, the assignment of God's grace coming over you is to empower you to do something. So when there is a prophetic utterance that comes forward, there's a grace that compels you to move, hello, in obedience. So that with your obedience, you can partner with the word that God has given to you. Here's the thing, because I'm about to release some things prophetically here into this morning and probably this evening and even the next couple of days. And then sometimes when people get a word, they say, I got this word, they get all excited. And then the next year, they, they recycle the same season. Hello? And they say, I wonder, why am I? 
I got this word and I got that word. God said this and God said this. Listen, what I'm trying to say to you, just because the Gregorian calendar changed and we are in 2024, that doesn't mean that you're going to have a new year. Even though we're stepping prophetically into a new season that I'm about to reveal to you, that doesn't mean that you're going to, I'm trying to balance myself before I go on the other side so that you don't misunderstand what I'm saying to you. Just because you're stepping into a new season and God is saying, I want to do this, I'm going to do that, that doesn't mean that you're going to have a, a, a you're going to step into that thing. It's all according to your faith and your obedience. If you're faithful and obedient, you will eat the fruits of, come on, somebody, the land. Hello? In other words, the prophetic would not veto your disobedience. Hello? So let's be balanced here to understand that what I'm giving you this morning is what I call the top line blessing. Somebody said the top line blessing. But then you need to walk out after you hear this word in what I call the bottom line responsibility. There's certain things that you are going to have to do. Okay, that was my balance. So as you may know and may not know, the Jews believe that God's calendar is revelatory to help us focus on the possibilities contained in the season of our lives. All right? And so in this next season, the year, the new year we're in, has possibilities spiritually contained in them. That means that it's possible. This is what God, God's going to do. It's possible according to your faith and what you're willing to believe for your family, for this church, for everybody under the sound of my voice. And that's what Paul talks about, warring with the prophetic word. Amen. Doing warfare with the prophetic word. Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. And God said, let there be light in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them serve as signs. Somebody say as signs. To mark sacred times, sacred times, days, and year. So we know and understand that God recognizes the seasons of our lives. And he works from a calendar. He's very methodical, very intentional, very del deliberate. And that they are sacred times, sacred days, and sacred years. So we have to ask as God's people, as we come into a new season and a new year, we have, we have to ask the question, what is the mark God has placed in the year 5784 or in our calendar 2024? What is the mark or the sign that God has placed in this year, in this season? Because we have to understand that mark so that we can synchronize our lives. Now, Leviticus 23, these are my appointed festivals. That, that My appointed festivals, okay? God appointed festival in Israel where he said seven times a year, I want us to meet. Hello? Your pastor called for four days of meetings. Well, this is just another set of meetings. No, no, no. God himself set separate, seven times a year, he called the Israelite to come together. And he said, I want to talk to you. I want to minister to you for the purpose of 
revelation and relationship. And I want you to understand that revelation is flowing this morning. It's going to flow tonight. It's going to flow the next couple of days. Why? God wants to build relationship with you. And Paul said in Galatians chapter 1, I went up by revelation. Somebody is about to go up this morning by revelation. That God is going to give you a word that will lift you up and move you from zero to breakthrough. Come on, somebody. So we are in the year 5784. I'm building my case. 5700. That's in the millennial. It simply means. It simply means. Let it be the year of, the year of, all right? 5,700. We are in the decade of pay. Pay is my last name. In Hebrew, it literally means mouth. It is my decade. Thank you for your support. Pay, the decade of the mouth. Pay means face, expression. Hello? We are in the decade of pay, and we are in the year 5784. All right, 84. So, so you understand, in the, the Hebrew language, they don't look at numbers and letters the way we do. Numbers are connected to letters, and even the ancient uh, uh, Talmud, Hebrew language, you have pictures, pictograph, it's called. So when you look at a number, it's more than just a number. When they look at a number, they will see a letter and there's actually a picture. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move this fast so I can really get into what I want to share with you. So we are in the year 57, 57, 84. 2023 was, was 57, 83. All right? 83, 3 is connected to gamel, gamel or camel. Is the year of the cam was the year of the camel. 4. Four, dialect. So when your pastor got up this morning and I was like, Holy Ghost, you are so good. Because, you know, I thank God for him. He came to pick me up yesterday. We, we talked. We just, you know, talked. But we didn't discuss about what I was going to preach this morning. But when he got up here, I knew that I had heard from the Lord in terms of what I was supposed to preach here today and how to start this thing. Because we are, so three is camel, camel. Uh, the, 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 the bounty, the burden bearer, the one, the one who carries the bounty to bring it as a form of repayment or payment. Three. And so three is connected to camel. I just finished writing a great book on my camels are coming. So then four, the number four is actually, it means it's dialect in the Hebrew. It is door. Somebody say door. So we are entering into a season, this the mark that God has placed into this year is a mark of an open door. And your pastor was preaching about it before I even got up. Hello? He has placed the mark, dialect four. It, it simply means open door. Somebody say open door. Oh, yes. So we are in the year of the open door. And so when you look at that, at the ancient pictograph, pictograph of dialect, if you look at the old ancient calendar, so we see the word dialect as a door or a gate, okay? So it also means a path or a way of life, okay? Uh, 
a pathway to life. It speaks of humility. It speaks of a needy person, a person that is in poverty, not only financially, but it can be of the spirit. So when, they, when the Jewish look at it, so they saw a door, a door, a door. Again, gamel in the Hebrew means burden bearer that bears the burden, that brings bounty to a person to repay, to reward. It means burden bearer, justify, repayment. So I'm saying this to say to you that this season that you and I are in in 2024, I came to prophesy and declare over you, if you were to take it according to your faith, that we are in the year of the open door. I wonder if Mr. Amen has left the building. I'm here to prophesy and decree in today, today in your life, that you will cross over into the year of the open door. Now, when the Hebrew, when the Jewish people will read it, three, the camel, the camel, the, the, the one who carries the burden to bring a bounty, to pay, to bring a repayment, is following after the dialect. That's the poor man going through the gate. So it, seems, it looks as if there is a rich man chasing after a poor man. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I'm here to tell you that the camels are coming, the camels are here, the one who carries the burden, the bounty to bring repayment is coming, and there's a door that God is opening to release his power, his provision, and his blessings in your life. I wonder if Mr. Amen is here. So that word door, I'm introducing this, it's a threshold a gateway, the access point of an opportunity. Hello? It's a, it's a door that brings you into the next thing that God has for you. You have to understand that every opportunity has a door connected to it. And yes, there might be some condition. Every opportunity has a door. All right? It can be an entrance to a new dimension. Somebody say a new dimension. Like when you go from the outside to the inside. The outside is one dimension. The inside is a new dimension. I'm here to decree to somebody today that in this season, come on, you're about to shift into dimensions. What was his name? Clark Kent. He went in as a regular man into a telephone booth. One dimension. A dimension of limitation. But he came out. Come on. In another dimension, possibility, supernatural. Come on, somebody. The power of God is about to do a number of you. And you, some of you are about to have an encounter that will shift you from one dimension into the next dimension. God is opening a door in the realm of the spirit. If you're willing to step up with your, your hunger, hey, John the Revelator saw a window open in heaven and he heard a voice and said, come up higher and I will show you more. And Paul said in Galatians chapter 1, I went up by revelation. Shout, I'm going up by revelation. A new door also means a new atmosphere. Hello? When you go from the outside, it may be, it might be, Hot on the outside. Or now, it might be cold on the outside. The atmosphere is cold. But as you go inside, come on, it is warm. 
So the atmosphere is changing. So the door helps you step into a new atmosphere. I'm here to prophesy to somebody that has been living in an atmosphere that is not conducive to the things that God wants you to have. God is shifting the atmosphere in your home, atmosphere over your life, atmosphere over your circumstance, so you can have an open heaven because he's opening up a door. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Shah glory. So in Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 3, it says, you've been wandering around this hill country long enough. Turn north. Somebody say turn north. You've been wandering around, around this hill. Hello? In other words, that sounds like somebody that is stuck. Hello? Have you ever been stuck? In a relationship that doesn't work, stuck on a job that doesn't work, stuck in an illness, illness that you want to get out of your system, stuck taking medication for years, stuck in a situation when you are stuck, it's like somebody has poured over you some ready mixed concrete and you have limitations. You cannot move forward. Hello? He says you've been stuck. You've been around this hill for way too long. You've been around this struggle for way too long. How many of you can say, I am tired of this level? I am tired of this level spiritually. I am tired of this level financially. I am tired of this level relationally. Ah, oh, I'm tired. I'm tired. I am ready for a breakthrough. I am ready to move into the next dimension. I'm ready to step into healing. I'm ready to step into freedom. I'm ready to step into the next thing that God has for me. He says, you've been wandering around this hill country way too long. Turn north. Hello? When things are bad, they go south. When things are worse, getting worse, they go south. But God is saying right now, oh, I'm about to send you north. I'm about to open up a door for you. Psalm 24 says, lift up your head, all ye gates. Oh, ye everlasting door, and let the king of glory come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong in might. The Lord strong in battle. Oh, my gosh. What you don't realize, that the word door in Psalm 24 there, it's the same word for mouth. It's the same word. Lift up your head, oh, ye gates. Open up ye everlasting door. It's the same word for mouth. Pekan in the Hebrew. Hello. I got news for you. Listen. Open mouth in this season means open doors. God said, if you open your mouth, I will open the door. Mark eleven twenty three. 23. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Oh, be thou removed.
remove and be thou cast into the sea. Ha! If he does not doubt, he will have whatsoever he says. The door of the supernatural swings on two hinges, speaking and believing and believing and speaking. You are stepped into the decade of the mouth and closed doors or doors will respond to your mouth when you say what God says, the door will open. Lift up your head. Oh, open ye gate, ye everlasting door. Let the king of glory come in. Who is this king? It's the Lord strong in might. The Lord strong in battle. I'm here to tell you, this is a year of the open door. But allow God to ride on your word as you speak the word over your situation. The power of God is coming to bring the victory. Come on, somebody. So the question then becomes, why, I'm introducing this so you realize, why does God open doors? Great, big black man, I heard you. 5784, open door, bring it on. Three, it's coming after dial at the camel. The camel is chasing after the poor man. We're shifting dimensions. The atmosphere is changing. I'm stepping into my prophetic destiny. But why would God want to do that? I'm glad you asked the question. Listen, God opens door for us for life work. Somebody say life work. Why is it so important for you to step into this for life work? It's not just about getting a big house. Hello? A nice car, expensive clothes, extravagant jewelry. Listen, the pipe that pipes the water will be wet. God is not against you having nice things. But that's not the main purpose. Hello? Listen, God's wonders support God's work. God opens a door so that we can get something done that will have an impact in the kingdom of God. Hello? God opened the door for Paul in Ephesus so that Paul can become an instrument for healing and deliverance to somebody else. When God opens a door for you, he expects you to turn around and open a door for somebody else. Hello? It's very important that you understand that it has to be God and God alone. Your ultimate trust cannot be in your plans, in your purpose, in your provision, in your intelligence, your ingenuity, and your capacity. It has to be on God and God alone. Hello? Not in your finances and family, but in God alone. Because your money can be lost, your credit can be wrecked. Come on, your identity can be stolen, your house can be foreclosed, your car can be repossessed. Hello? Is anybody here today? That can't understand and testify that it's all about God alone. That God alone opens door. Come on, God alone makes a way. God alone creates the opportunity. God alone commands the victory over all your opposition. Amen. That's why the more they put on you at work, the more you're able to work. Every time they set a trap for you, you survive. Every time they predicted your downfall, you rose even higher. Come on, because God was on your side. That's why God alone is worthy of your trust and your praise. Can you burn with a shout and say amen? Hallelujah. So the resources he will provide. 
The people, he will provide. Come on. The network, he will provide. Whatever you need, whatever you need, God will provide. So he opened doors for what? For life work. God opens doors for what? For life. The second reasons why, second reason why God opened doors is for life witness. So there's purpose behind this prophetic word I'm giving you. For life witness. Okay? God opened doors for life work, but he also opened doors for life witness. Colossians chapter 4, verse 3. Praying also for us that God will open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bond. So Paul stayed in Ephesus for three years because God opened the door and because, because of that door that was open, he stayed there. And think about this. Several thousand years later, thousands of years later, we have an epistle today that we can read where Paul is now giving us instruction. All right? So God opened doors so that we can be life witness. So it's about you being able to share the message of the gospel and being a witness for God. And sometimes it's not just about preaching, but it's a lifestyle. St. Francis of Sissi said, preach the gospel if it's necessary, use words. Amen? So this is important. The reason why you really need to embrace this message of the open door. In Luke chapter 11, we didn't read it. There's a scenario. All right? There's a scenario where someone has a friend who comes to visit him at night. And he has nothing to say before him. He's about to be embarrassed. And he goes to his other friend. Luke chapter 11. And Jesus was teaching on prayer, but he turned into this. And he said, the friend said to him, I'm already, I'm already in bed with my children sleeping. Hello? And Jesus said, he will not rise and give him what he needs. Because he is his friend. But because of his perseverance. And here's someone that needs something in the middle of the night. But the difference between what he needs and him is a closed door. Not that it's far away, but it's just a closed door. And I'm here to tell you that the difference sometimes between what you need, what God has for you, is a closed door. And that's why it's important for that door to open. Second scenario, Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the ten virgins. You know about it, the five wise and the five foolish ones. And so because of the delay of the bridegroom, so the five didn't have enough oil. And when they asked the wise one if they could borrow some, they said, you go to the one who sell the oil. So there's a place where you can get the oil. And so by the time they came, it says the door was shut. Oil is a tap and shadow of the anointing. You will have thought, I'm anointed. I got the Holy Ghost. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And yet they had the oil, but the door was still shut. Hello? Sometimes even having the anointing is not enough for the door to get open. Hello? So sometimes the difference between you and what you need is a closed door. But that's why you got to press into this dimension to understand you're in a season 
where God will open doors. So whether it is provision, assignment, purpose, ministry, destiny, there may be a door standing between you and what you need, but God is saying, I am opening the door. I'm going, I'm wanting to take you from one dimension to the next dimension, from one atmosphere to the next atmosphere. But I want to balance this as I wind down my introduction. Because tonight I'm going to show you how to actually open closed doors. Using the prophetic design of God. And I think that's going to bless all of you. Now, but right now, before I step into that, there's a piece of the puzzle that I have to give to you. So that this teaching is balanced. Lest you start to rebuke those that you're not supposed to rebuke so they cannot be opened because God said it's an open door. So they are primarily, this, I want to deal with, you know, in bringing this down before I start to minister to people. I want to talk to you about the mystery. Somebody say the mystery. Behind closed doors. Hello? If you don't understand this, you're going to live a frustrated life. Especially when you receive a strong prophetic charge like what you're getting right now. You're going to be frustrated if you don't understand this. The mystery behind closed doors. Number one. Is anybody being blessed by this? I'm laying a foundation. Okay? Number one, all doors. Somebody say all doors. All doors are closed by default. They are closed by default. Hello? All doors. It doesn't matter what treasure is in them. All doors are closed by default. Whether they be humans, whether they as product, all doors are closed by default. Very, very important. How many of you, you know, as I was coming in this morning, I got out um, of the car and there was some wonderful gentlemen out there. And I locked my car and they said, well, your car is safe here. Nobody's going to get in your car. Now, how many of you go to a place like San Francisco or somewhere and just leave your car open? How many of you will go some place and just, oh, how many of you, for that matter, will go to sleep with the door of your house open? Hello? Thank you for your support. All doors are closed by default. Door being closed is a default position of door. Okay? So don't be intimidated because the door is closed. All right? It's a default position. Number two. <laughs> Number two, these are the positive side of closed doors, okay? Number two, uh, doors are closed, hello, to manage or restrict access until permission is granted. Doors are closed to manage and restrict access until permission is granted, all right? Listen, um, generally speaking, many of you, how many of you here works? You work somewhere. You have professional people. If you want to go see a doctor or CEO of a company and you're like, I'm so, so, I'm very wonderful, you know, uh, I go to this wonderful church. My pastor is Pastor Don and all that kind of stuff. I just came from a great revival in Sons and Wonders and the Supernatural and I want to talk to the CEO. First thing they're going to say is, do you have an appointment? Hello? So doors are closed to manage access and restriction 
in order to later grant permission. It is to prevent abuse. Hello? It's a management system. This is very important. So you don't enter into an office or somewhere unless you have an appointment. Very important. Because if access is not managed, abuse is always inevitable. All right? So there had to be a system of restriction to access and, and, and so and then door that, that's one of the reasons they are closed. So don't frown on a closed door. Sometimes it's not something personal against you. You have to realize it is closed to manage restriction and access. Number two, number two, number three, doors are, are closed to increase the value of a product. They are closed to increase the value of a product. Very important. Now, how many of you, how many of you uh, will go to buy something or maybe you, you order something on Amazon or whatever and, and, and it's sent to you and the product is open? How many of you will still use it? There's something wrong. And actually, as a matter of fact, in some products, there is a label that states that if you receive this package with the seal open up, they say, do not use it. Return it. So even if it was open for you, you were like, no, I don't want this. I'm not going to pay for this. So, but when it is sealed and closed, it adds value to the product, even just on construction site. Why is it that they put parameters on construction site? They don't want to reveal the security, uh, the ar architectural security of the building. So they close that site in terms of construction because bad people can have an understanding of how this place has been built and they can do some bad things. So when, they, when a door sometimes is closed, is to add value to the product. Hello? How does that relate to you even spiritually? In 2 Kings, we have, we have a particular understanding here uh, uh, that when the widow of the prophet, 2 Kings chapter 4, when the widow of the prophet came and, and said, you know, my husband, who was a servant of the Lord, died. You know, you knew my husband. He loved the Lord. And so she was in a credibility gap. The creditor came to, to, to take her children away from her. And so the prophet asked her the question, what is it that you have in your house? Okay. She said, I have a little jar of oil. Well, he says, go out and borrow Vessels. Do not just borrow a few. Borrow many vessels. And it says, when you and your son have come, it says, while you're pouring the oil, shut the door. Hello? In other words, I don't want people to see you while you're preparing. Close the door behind you. Hello? So, this is very important. We understand that Elijah thought he was the only prophet. When Jezebel was killing all the prophets in 1 Kings chapter 18, we understand that Obadiah, he feared the Lord. And he hid prophets by groups of 50s in the caves. And they were eating bread. Somebody said bread. They were drinking water. What is bread? Bread. Men shall not live by bread alone. But every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Water. Water is a tap and shadow of the spirit. They were hidden in the cave. Come on, value was being added to them. But they had to be hidden at a time to be protected from danger. 
And listen, sometimes when God is preparing you, the prophet says, shut the door while the oil is pouring. When God is preparing you, when God is preparing you, sometimes he puts you in the cave. Hello? In other words, you are hidden while you're being made. Do you all remember before photography went digital? Do you remember Kodak? Thank you for your support. So you had to take a picture, and then you had to take it to someone who knew how to develop film. And usually the film was developed in a dark room. It had to soak in water for a period of time. And when the process was completed, you could see actually what was in the picture. But if you were in a hurry and said, you know, I just got, I just got 60 seconds. Please don't raise your hand. This is not an article. Just dip it in and give it back to me. Okay, you will get it, but nobody could see what is in the picture because it was not developed. And the reason why it was not developed is because you would not let it go through a process of preparation and change. And that's the problem sometimes with self-promotion. We have too many people in the body of Christ, come on, that wants to get out before God is done with them. The reason why, listen, they despise Jesus so much is because in Nazareth, they saw him being prepared. He grew in wisdom and stature in favor with men and with God. So sometimes God hides you while he's preparing you because he's adding value to you. And you got to, I know that process is not comfortable, but something is being put on you. The oil is being put on you. The anointing is being put on you. The gifts are being put on you. Just be patient. Eat some bread and some water. But there comes a time when you're going to come out. Hey, John the Baptist stay in the wilderness until his time of appearing. And when he came out, God shined a spotlight on him. And he was elevated with acceleration. For 30 years, they heard nothing about Jesus. Until one day, John pointed, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And he went from the background, from the dark into the light, from zero to breakthrough. I don't know who I'm preaching to. Somebody has been hitting in a cave, but in 2024, the Spirit of God is causing dimension to shift. You're moving from zero to breakthrough. God is opening up a door in the realm of the Spirit. Paul said, I went up by revelation. Your money is about to change. Your relationships are about to change. But stay with the process and stay with the program. Don't come out before you finish. You know, this thing called American Idol. I don't watch too much television. But let me confess something to you. I took a pic when it first started. American Idol. How many of you remember that? They had a panel of judges. There's a guy there called Simon, Simon Cow, whatever his name was. You know, they said he was not a very nice guy, but he was just honest. But sometimes he was brutally honest. So I was watching, I was, I was watching it, I was watching, and there was, a, there was a gentleman there that was convinced that he could sing. Thank you for your support. He was convinced that he could sing. God opened the door. Here we go. I'm going to be a star. I'm a star. 
Hello? So he got upside of the sea, and Simon said, nah. The other said, nah, nah. He was like, bursting of the lip, frowning. He came up there in front of the judges, and he took some water, and he poured it on Simon's face. And here's what he said. My mama said I could sing. Thank you for your support. He found out on national television that not everybody listens to music with their wounds. Thank you for your support. Some people actually use their ears to listen to music. You know what mama's going to do? Mama's going to encourage you. Come on, boy, you're the best. Ha, 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 ha. And you walk there with mama confidence and look like a fool. Hello? Because you came out before you were finished. Thank you for your support. It's like that lady that got up in the church to sing a special song. And she got up at the big conference. She said, well, the devil told me I couldn't sing this morning. And she said, well, the devil is a liar. And she got up to sing and she butchered that song. And then that pastor got up and he says, well, if the devil told you that, sister, that's the first time he told the truth. Thank you for your support. Don't come out before you're finished. I know I said it's the, open, the year of the open door, but don't get it twisted. Don't go out there and start to do crazy things. Well, I, it's just a year. I, I, I'm, I'm ready for a woman. I'm ready for my girl. Listen, it takes more than just love to be in a relationship. It takes preparation. I'm not here for a marriage seminar. I got a great book out there. Listen, in the United States, if you want to drive, the government makes sure that you read books, that you take tests before you, they put you into a car and give you something called a driver license. But the same government, if you want to get married, the only thing they care about is, are you related? All you need is enough brain to find the door of the courthouse. That's why sometimes your car will last longer than your relationships. Hello? Thank you for your support. Some people go into marriage with high expectation, with low preparation, which leads into devastation. Don't let your testosterone, your chemicals, bring you into an altar to make a commitment that you can't keep. Hello? You need preparation. Somebody say preparation. Oh, yes, preparation. So when the door is closed, come on, build a skill. Add value to your skill. Hello, add value to your skills that are necessary in the season that you're in so God can use it. Don't just go out like a spiritual fool floating in the cloud. I got a prophetic word. I'm, I'm ready for an open door. No, stay in the cave. Get in the word. Get in the water. And listen, where preparation meets opportunity, destiny is going to be born. And God will bring you at the right place, at the right time, with the right people. And God. God is going to do it. I'll give you one more and then we're going we're gonna to bring this home. Hello? So, God, so we got to understand the thing about closed doors. So, doors are generally closed. They're closed to sometimes uh, prevent, manage access and restriction until permission is granted. Sometimes they are closed to add value. Hello? to protect, and then sometimes doors are closed. Number four, listen, uh, number three, doors are closed 
to preserve, to protect. Hello? To protect. Somebody say protect. So, you know the saga about the flood. God told Noah to build an ark. And the animals came two by two. We're not going to read that. And then, after Noah, his sons and the wives got into the boat, God himself closed the door. Why? Because if that door was not closed, when the storm came, they will all be dead. So it was to preserve and it was to protect. And so sometimes doors are closed for protection and for preservation. This is so important. That's why when you hear a prophetic word like the one I'm giving to you, if you don't have discernment, you will rebuke a closed door that it needs to stay closed, but you want it to be open. Hello? Now, some of you, you know, I don't see a lot of young people here, but when you were in high school, you know, and you had those butterflies going on because the captain of the football team likes you, and you thought you were on the top of the world, and then he dumped you, and you thought it was the end of the world. You know, you started to, like, go into a depression. Hello? And then... Fast forward 25 years later, you're now married to Brother Wonderful. You have three children called Size Wonders and Miracles. And you finally run into him or you hear about him. You find out that he's been locked up in a, in a, in a penitentiary serving a, death, a life sentence because he killed his last girlfriend. He broke the arms of his last two girlfriends. He's a, he's a drug dealer. Hello? And suddenly, you start to thank God. Lord, I thank you. <laughs> that you, you, you moved me out of that relationship. It was not rejection. It was redirection. Come on, somebody. I know I was losing my mind. I know I had headaches for five weeks. But boy, I thank God that he closed that door. Hindsight sometimes is better than foresight. You live your life looking forward, but you sometimes understand your life looking backward. Hey, and some of us today, we are, we are to thank the Lord not just for open doors, but for closed doors. Because God shutting that door in your face, it was his protection. God shutting that door in your face, it was a redirection. So I'm here to tell somebody that is on the verge of discouragement, on the verge of giving up. Listen, don't lose your mind over the one who left you because you're going to need your mind for the one that God is sending. Don't lose your mind over the job that fired you because you're going to need your mind for the business opportunity that God is going to open up for you. When one door closes, a bigger and a better door will open. But you need to learn how to hold God's hand from the closed door into transition until the next door. I'm here to prophesy to somebody. Get ready for some new open doors. And even if the door has been closed, sometimes rejection is not rejection. Rejection is redirection. Keep walking with God because there's something new that he has for you. And the last one, and then we're going to pick up this evening. Doors are closed sometimes. This is where the enemy comes in to bring 
Hindrance. Somebody say hindrance. Closed door can be deliberate hindrances to hinder progress, such as closed doors. Hello? Such as prison doors. Prison doors are closed doors so that they are able to restrict progress. And these are the kind of doors that this prophetic word is for. Hello? Doors that the enemy has closed. Paul said, I wanted to come to you all, but I was hindered. How many of you know that if, if the devil can hinder Paul from coming where he wants to go, if he can hinder a, an apostle, slowing him down, delayed, blocking him, he can hinder your harvest. He can hinder that special person that is supposed to connect with you, that destiny helper. He can stop them. Hello? And these are the kind of doors I'm talking about. That whatever the enemy has tried to block in your life, in this season, so you will not step into that next dimension. So you will not walk into that next atmosphere. This is a season where God is going to open it and is going to take supernatural power to open it. And I'm going to show you how to do it this evening. Come back if you want to know. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So I'm going to wind down my introduction. Part one. Come back tonight. And we're going to dive. We, I just gave you the mystery behind closed doors. Yes, this is what the Lord is saying. But you got to walk and navigate in the wisdom of the Spirit. We're not just prophetic people floating in the cloud. We are people of destiny, purpose, and intelligence. And I'm going to show you methodically how you can actually open doors, partnering with the Lord. I want to show you three or four ways how you can actually open every door that is supposed to be opened. But you understand that you have to have discernment. Lest you try to open doors that are supposed to be closed. Hello? And, and lest you spend the rest of your life mourning over a door that was supposed to be closed. But because you don't have understanding, you are depressed. So I'm going to bring this home. Now, it's very interesting that uh, John Wesley, you know, as you may or may not know, is the founder of the Methodist Church. And he came to America on the boat. And he noticed on the, on the ship that there were these people called the Moravian. They were doing menial jobs on the ship. And even when they were, you know, they were mistreated. They didn't respond in kind. And so at a certain moment, there was a big storm that came on the ship. And everybody was screaming. They knew they were all going to die. And John looked at the Moravian. They were all singing and praising God in the middle of the storm. I don't know who this is for, but you have to realize that there's somebody watching you going through the storm you're going through. And your stance of faith will become the revelation of our God. Because after the storm, John came and talked to the Moravian. He said, he talked to the leader. He said, weren't you guys afraid to die? Weren't your wives and children afraid to die? I saw you singing. And the 
the first thing that the leader said to him is, are you born again? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? John said he mumbled something, but he knew that he wasn't saved. Even though in Oxford, you know, we go to Oxford every year, do conferences there. In Oxford, he started the Holy Club, and the, the, the Methodist name that they gave them was to mock them. They prayed methodically, they fasted methodically. He had religion, but he didn't know God. Hello? And then he wrote on it in his journal, I went to America to save the Indians. But who saved me? It was after that that he got born again. The reason I'm sharing this with you is that knowing how to swim does not make you a fish. And going to church does not make you a child of God. George Whitfield tells a story about John Wesley, that John Wesley had a dream where he came to the gates of hell. And his first reaction was, are there any Methodists in here? They said yes. And he was shocked. Any Presbyterians? He named several other denominations. They said yes. And immediately he was taken to the gates of heaven. He asked the same question. Are there any Methodists here in heaven? They said no. Presbyterians, they said no. Then he named several denominations. They said no. Then he was angry. He said, then who then is on the inside? And they said to him, only those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Hello? Heaven does not identify with you based on your church membership. Hello? Heaven identifies with you based on your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Knowing how to swim does not make you a fish. Going to church does not make you a child of God. Being a good person does not make you a child of God. To be a fish, you must be created by God as a fish. To be a child of God, you must be born again. You must repent from your sins and ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior. My first prayer this morning is for four kinds of people. Number one, if you're here today and you never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to pray for you. Number two, if you are here today, hello, and you're not sure that if you die today, you will go to heaven, I want to pray for you. Number three, maybe you're here, you're saved, but you're not living right. There's certain areas of your life that you have not yet surrendered to God. I want to pray for you. And number four, if you are here, maybe you're bound by a habit, an addiction, or something, or maybe even... Just a, a, you, don't, you don't know how to control yourself, self-control, whatever it is that has dominion over you. And you know that's not right. You need to surrender it to the Lord today. Listen, God is not ashamed to call you his son. Or he's not ashamed to be called your father. Jesus is not ashamed to be called your savior. Hello? You are never too low to be lifted. You are never too lost to be found. You're never too broken to be mended. You're never too dirty to be cleansed. The blood of Jesus has the power to reprogram possibilities in your life and change your past and make it into a brand new future. Hello? But a choice is yours. I want to pray for all those who will say, I want to receive the miracle of transformation. In the beginning of this year, get into this season with a clean slate with God. I want to get right with God. 
I want to make things right with God. I want every eye closed and every hair bowed. This is not between you and the person to your left or to your right. Not even between you and the person holding the microphone. This is between you and God. If you say, I'm one of those four conditions. Pray for me today to receive the miracle of transformation. I want you to raise your hand right now, if that's you. Thank you. Keep your hand raised high. You're not raising it to a man. You're not raising it to a church. It's between you and God. I'm about to pray for people who are raising their hand. Maybe you should have raised your hand. If you didn't raise your hand, I'm going to give you another opportunity. Join those people who are raising their hands. I'm about to pray for the miracle of transformation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you mean it, I want you to stand up. Stand up where you are. Those of you with your hand raised. Hello? Sometimes when God calls us, we have to do something to respond. Hello? Thank you. I'm going to ask you to take another step of faith. And I want you to get out of your seat and come down here. I know in America they don't make altar calls anymore. But an altar is a place of connection or disconnection. You disconnect from your past and you connect to your future. Come to God this morning. This is a door for you that is open. Hallelujah.